Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church Podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. And uh, today we're kicking off a new series called Church in the wild. And so uh, I just kind of, um, I want to bring us back. I've kind of been reading the book of Acts. I say kind of, I've been reading the book of Acts and uh, a lot of things are starting to jump off the pages with the book of Acts and, and kind of looking at the church today versus the church in the book of Acts. And um, today I'm going to talk to you about what it means to be, that you've been born to be wild is the title today. And uh, I went to the jungle, oh, back in 2000. 10, and uh, I went to the jungle of South America. I went to a place called Iquitos, and uh, they have wild animals there. Uh, just so you know, they have uh, anacondas and, and uh, all sorts of crazy wild animals. Uh, the piranhas is a whole nother world. Uh, they have something down there called the Blackwater. And so when you're going up the Amazon, what we did is we went up the Amazon. We flew into Lima, then flew into Iquitos, largest jungle city in the world, and we flew in there, and, and the runways there are like from me to the sound booth. I mean, it's that, and I mean, everything falls, the plane is awesome. And so um, we, we flew in there, and uh, then we got on a boat, and we went about four hours up the river, and uh, we went to a little town or a little place called the San Pedro, uh, San Pedro Community, and uh, there were people that lived there that uh, they didn't have fresh water, they didn't have a church, and so we adopted this community. Um, as a youth ministry, and um, we built a new well for them. We put a new church in. We went there two years in a row, really built relationships with this community. And, uh, but when, you, when you're in the jungle and in the wild, uh, there's no such thing as a domesticated animal. Uh, you're out there, and uh, it's just wild. It, it, literally, it's wild. And so we went to this place called uh, the Butterfly Farm, and, and uh, it, it's, it's not really a butterfly farm. It's a lady that was from Australia that uh, lived on the river for about 21 years, the Amazon River, and she went and uh, she just started rescuing animals that were in the wild that were hurt, or she bandaged them up and, and took care of them. Well, anyway, when you go to this place, the, the monkeys are wild, and so when you're walking through the jungle, you can hear, when we were in the, in the uh, San Pedro village, there was monkeys there as well, and, and, they're, and they're wild. And, uh, and so we were walking along this trail, and uh, they told us to watch out for these red-faced monkeys. And so if you've never seen a red-faced monkey, I have a picture of what a red-faced monkey looks like. And they said, watch out for these red-faced monkeys, because um, if you make eye contact, they will pee on you. That means they want, to, uh, they want to be your friend the entire trip that you're there. And so they follow their scent. <laughs> and so uh, bottom line is, is so we're, we're walking up uh, to the butterfly farm, and it's pretty much a good distance. And as we're walking up, um, all of a sudden, out of the tree falls a red-faced monkey. Now, keep in mind, they said, don't make eye contact. This thing falls. He falls out of the tree, and he stands right here next to me. Right, And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking at you. You will not pee on me. And so uh, I'm standing there, and, and so all of a sudden I feel what I, I don't know what they call them, hand, paw, whatever they are, grab my shorts. And so he's, he tries to pull down my pants. 
um, in this moment, and they're very strong. And so I'm holding one side. He's got the other side trying to pull my pants down. And um, I can just see it now. Pastor uh, uh, <laughs> beat up by a monkey in the jungle. And so I'm holding my pants up, and, and I'm trying not to look at him, right? And I kind of did one of the, you know how you do one of Kind of want to see what this dude looks like. I'm <coughs> he had these big teeth, and he was crazy looking. And so we ended up, I ended up winning the fight, and the red-faced monkey went back into the jungle. Well, we went down to this little gazebo. Excuse me, I've been having a little bit of issue. If I start coughing, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Um, and so uh, we, we get down um, uh, to this little gazebo where we're going to have our orientation from the butterfly farm lady. And we're in the middle of the jungle, and <laughs> there's about 30 of us. And we're at this gazebo. Well, nobody knew that another red-faced monkey had snuck into the crowd and uh, all of a sudden, I stepped on this red-faced monkey's foot. And all of a sudden, he did this, like, war, like, ah, cha, 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 cha. I mean, he was, like, and all of a sudden, he started hitting the, hitting the gazebo. And he's like, cha, 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 cha. I mean, he's tripping. And I'm like, we're all going to die. <laughs> but the point, and so, so all of a sudden, the, these other five red-faced monkeys show up. And so we are surrounded <laughs> by monkeys, in the, middle of the, in the middle of the jungle. And again, they're not domesticated. They're wild animals. And so you're not like, oh, come here, you come here, come monkey, come here, monkey, come here, monkey. No, you're not doing anything like that. And so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I mean, I'm, and all of a sudden, so all five of them start this cry, like, it's like your death cry right before they're getting ready to lynch you. And all of a sudden, they're all like, and they start hitting the, and maybe not like that, but it was close. And so I'm, I told my team, I said, don't move. Nobody move. This is completely my fault. I stepped on his foot. Don't move. So I figured this, the, if we stay still, we'll just die still. Okay, so don't, don't move. Because you ain't going to run. If <laughs> you run, they trace you. <laughs> and, so, and so anyway, all of a sudden, out of the middle of the jungle comes this large, older monkey. I don't even know what kind of monkey this was. He was gray and black, and he was just, he almost had like a grandfather beard, and uh, he, he come out, and I'm like, oh, great. This is the master that runs the red monkeys. He's going to give them the ya yeah, ya yeah, ya yeah, and they're going to kill us all. <laughs> and so he comes out, and he just does one of these. He walks out, looks, all the monkeys scatter, run, and go back up into the, into the wild, and he just looks at us, Walks right back into the wild like nothing even happened. I was like, okay, this is the OG of the jungle is what's going on. This brother saved my life. If I could have shaken his hand, I would have. But he was just so cool about it. He just walked up. He was like, and then he walked off. I was like, all right, pops, I got you. And so the point is, is wild animals, they're not domesticated. They're wild, and so they act a certain way, right? They act different. They, they, you know, you don't, you don't interact with them. You know, we held an anaconda while we were there. We had, the natives were with us, but we held this wild anaconda while we were there. You know, at any moment, if this thing starts to decide he wants to eat or strangle or kill, he could. Um, and so I, I thought that it was interesting, like wild animals, uh, you know, they live on their own without help. They, they, don't, they don't rely on humans uh, to live. And so uh, when I think about them, they are adventurous. They're adventurous. Wild animals are adventurous. Now, domesticated on the other side are uh, those animals that live beside humans. They have 
adapted, if you would. They, they have become adapted to their surroundings. They, like you're never going to bring a red-faced monkey into your house. It will never work. You can bring in your kitty cat and make it, and make it what it is, but the, the domesticated animals are animals that have adapted to being able to survive and live from somebody else where they're constantly being fed, like you take them the food, you, you feed them the milk, and you, 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 know, you make them domesticated. And, and so they live in this where they're, they're feeding off of somebody else. Well, wild animals don't do that. And I think about the book of Acts in a way that says, you know, in the book of Acts, it was ordinary people doing extraordinary things. God was moving in the book of Acts, and the good news of Jesus was spreading like wildfire throughout the earth. These guys lived with a sense of adventure. They lived with a sense of wildness about them. They weren't domesticated. They hadn't bought into the lie of the culture of being uh, adapted to the culture and live in this domesticated way where they needed cultural, cultural reassurance that what they were doing was right. No, they lived with this wild side about them. They had this adventurous spirit about them. And that's why God began to do extraordinary things because they lived with this adventurous spirit. See, because they understood back then it was a risk to follow Jesus. We don't get it. We don't understand what it means to be somebody that there is a risk to follow Christ. We, we live in America and, it's, and, and we're, we've become domesticated per se, and we don't really understand what persecution even looks like. But I really believe that when you read the book of Acts, the single most thing that stood out to me was in order for the gospel to spread, persecution had to take place. And you say, Pastor, are you one of those guys that is talking like, like we're going to be persecuted for our faith? And I hope so. I really do because I think that's the only thing that's going to shift the church to get out of being domesticated and back to wild and adventurous and being able to live in the place where the Holy Spirit and we actually experience what persecution looks like for our faith. Come on, somebody. I know that's not an easy thing to say or uh, uh, say uh, nobody signs up for it. But see, when you, in the back, back in the day when you was a risk to follow Jesus, that you were a part of the way, the church is what they called it in the, in the New Testament, in the, in the book of Acts. When you signed up, it meant persecution. Maybe the, your family stopped talking to you. Maybe, maybe people stopped coming to your business because you stood for Christ. But persecution, uh, but persecution and opportunity fueled the fire of creativity and the wildness side of the church. And the question, I guess, is how can we get the good news of Jesus to people who need to know the Lord? How are we going to do that? It's going to take a church that is wild. It's going to take a church that understands that we don't want to live in a place where we're domesticated. We want to live in a place of adventure. And so there's a gap. As I see the gap, if we look at modern churches, if we look at the modern church and ourselves, that the church in the book of Acts, there's something missing. And I believe there, that we can identify what was missing. And the early church, really, I believe what's missing is they understood what it meant to be the church. They understood that it wasn't a building. They understood it wasn't four walls. They understood that it was an assignment that God had called them out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 
And that the word church means the chosen ones of God called out of and, and to govern and to be the, the selected ones of God that, that would be the church and we would go forth into the world and make a difference. The early church knew what it meant to be the church. And because that happened and they knew it created risk in their life. There was a risk factor that took place in their life. And that created this, uh, uh, th what created out of risk was this isn't, it, it isn't about us mentality. See, the book of Acts guys lived with this adventure because they knew it wasn't about them. The reason they saw what they saw was because they realized it wasn't about them and they created and all of a sudden that created the good news spreading, miracles, signs and wonders taking place, extraordinary things happening. So my question to you this morning as I talk to you about being born, born to be wild is, is what if the church returned to being a church in the wild? What if we got out of our domesticated uh, cultural uh, um, uh, mentality and moved back into this adventurous, no matter where we go, God has this anointing and plan and presence on our life to be the church in society to see things happen. Listen, we live in an unprecedented time, and God wants to do unprecedented things through his church. We live through unprecedented, we are living in unprecedented times, and God wants to do unprecedented things through his church. And so we were made for this moment. We were made, we were born to be wild. And so what were we made for? I'm going to give you three things. Number one, we were made for more. Come on, everybody look at your neighbor and say more. Look at your other neighbor, which was your second choice, and say more. We were made for more. We weren't made for domestication. We were made for adventure and wild, to live in the wild of the world with a message of good news and hope. See, Genesis 3.14 says it this way. Then Yahweh, God, said to the serpent, because you have done this, you will be cursed more than any domesticated animal and more than any wild animal on your belly, you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. It's interesting that he calls the snake or the devil a domesticated animal. So in other words, his job is to domesticate you. His role in the earth today is to make the church a, a domesticated organization instead of it being a living or organism that God uses in the earth to spread the good news of what Jesus is. And see, we've lowered our standard, but God wants me to say to you today, you were made for more. You were born to be wild. Woo, that's what I'm talking, don't make me do my Ric Flair, God. <laughs> Have you ever seen a wild animal that's been domesticated? Check this picture out. This is what a wild animal that's been domesticated looks like. You can just Google fat tigers if you want. That's what they look like. Overweight, no adventure, just laying there sleeping. And that's what, that's what it's, it, meals are brought to them. You know, they have to be entertained, right? They, they, they live with this sedimentary life now. They once were wild and adventurous, but now they've been domesticated. And you throw the lamb chops out to them now versus them going out and finding something to eat. They've lost their adventure. They've lost that they were made for more. And they, and they <clears throat> excuse me, they've settled for this sedimentary lifestyle. Listen, a wild animal 
will never become in captivity what it was made to become in the wild. Whew, let me say that one more time. A wild animal will never become in captivity what it was made to become in the wild. See, that's what the church is about, is you're never going to be able to come into your full destiny and purpose if you allow the domesticated animal called the enemy, Satan, to domesticate you and to bring you into captivity of living with this less than adventurous lifestyle until we start to realize that we were made for the wild. We were made for more in this season. The Satan of this world, whoo, the devil himself, wants you to settle for less. But you were born and made for more. How many of you get up in the morning and you're like, man, today's a day. This is the day the Lord has made. I was made for more. I wasn't made just for you. There's something today that God has for my life. I was made for more than where I'm at, right? Some of you have lived with, put my tiger back up there. <laughs> Some of you who live like this, this is your Monday. You wake up in the morning, this is what it looks like. You don't get up till 11, 12 o'clock. This is what it looks like. But see, this is a picture of spirituality today is we've become domesticated in the church. we become sedimentary. We've sat in a place now where we're so comfortable that you have to pull people to come to the house of God. You have to pull people to say, be at church, forsake not yourself, assembling together as we, you have to pull people to serve. You gotta pull people to be in small groups. Why? Because we have to pull the domesticated. See, we got we to pull the domesticated along in this world, and it's slowing things down. Here's my <clears throat> admonition to you. If you want to be domesticated, get out of the way. That wasn't very admonition, was it? But listen, you're in the way, right? If you want to be a bench warmer, enjoy yourself. Serve me water when I'm coming off the field from knocking some devil's heads off. Right? If you want to be domesticated, you want to be a water boy for Jesus, that's fine. Just make sure it's cold. The point is this, is don't live in a place where you're not expecting more. The number one indicator, listen, you are becoming domesticated is when you start playing it safe. When you start playing it safe, where you like comfort more than calling. You pray safe prayers. Uh, you, you hope nobody knows that you're a Christian. You stop playing it safe. You stop praying for people. You stop interacting in a way that brings Jesus into the earth and make him famous. And so you play it safe. That's how you know you're becoming domesticated. When you're sitting at a restaurant and the Lord wants you to talk to your waitress about him and you refuse to do it. Or the Lord wants you to leave triple time tip. Come on, somebody. I used to hate working on Sundays. Church people are stingy as all get out. When I worked in the restaurant business, I vowed, hey, when I got out of this, I was going to bless waitresses and waiters because, man, Sunday's a rough day. It's a rough day because church people are stingy. Not this church. Come on, somebody. And so the indicator is that we play it safe. Do we want to live domesticated? Do we, and here's what I think what makes us uh, safe and domesticated. And then we don't realize that we were made for more is we care what everybody else thinks. Right? We're people pleasers. 
So when you please people, you can't live for more. You live to the level of the people that you're trying to please. That's not in my notes. You're living to the level of the people that you're trying to please when that should not be your standard. Your standard should be God. And if God says more, then you say more and you will experience more. And when you experience more, it will require that you understand, I'm not a people pleaser. See, he was trying to move Adam. Listen, the enemy, domestication, was trying to move Adam from a place of dominion to a place of being domesticated. I guess my question this morning is, are we caging our Christianity? Are we caging our Christianity? Jesus did not save us so we could play it safe. Jesus saved us to live in the wild with the mentality that we were made for more. Number two, born to be wild, is we were made for this moment. Everybody say this moment. Boy, that's refreshing. You know, I started thinking about this. A moment is a brief period in time. The Bible says that your life is like a vapor. Bang. It doesn't matter if you live 85 years. It's like a vapor. It's gone. You get one life. You get one opportunity. And if you walk around not knowing that you were made for this moment, and you live with the deception and the domestication of the enemy in your life, guess what? You're not going to fulfill the plan and purpose that God has for you. Acts 17 puts it this way, verse 26. It said, from one man he was made every, uh, uh, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. We were made for this moment. Verse 27 says, he did this so that they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. We've been delivered and set free and chosen for this moment. You know, there's a great passage in the book of Esther that puts it this way. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. This is God, this is, this is Mordecai speaking to Esther. But you and your father's family will perish. And, you, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Church, we've been born for this moment. We walked through 15 months of COVID and dealing with those sorts of things. And, and uh, it's the, the, the point is this, is we were, we were made for this. This is an opportunity for the church in this season. First Chronicles 12.32 says, The sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. In other words, we must realize that we've been made for this time. We've been made for this moment. You know, Esther had her moment. Joseph had his moment. Moses has his moment. Abraham had his moment. Peter had his moment, but listen to me, that wasn't made for your moment. See, Esther wasn't designed for today, you were. Joseph wasn't designed for today, you were. Uh, Abraham wasn't designed for today, you were. God put you here on this planet on purpose for this moment. Understand that you were made for this moment. And then number three is this. We were made for Mondays. We were made for Mondays. We, we, were, we were made for Mondays, so we were made for more, we were made for this moment, and we were made for Mondays. What does that mean, Pastor? Acts chapter 8, verse number 1 says, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. In verse 4 of the same chapter, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they in other words, 
that it wasn't contained to a Sunday. It wasn't contained to the Sabbath. It was contained 365, 24-7. You were made for Mondays. In other words, it's not just about Sundays. It's about Mondays. I want to show you a very interesting video. And this video is a church history time lapse of the gospel of Jesus Christ spreading from the time of Jesus till about 2016, you will see how, this, how the gospel and Christianity is moving across the earth. Take a moment, watch this video. Listen, can you look at the spread of Christianity? Think about, think about, maybe you don't know that, maybe you don't see that, maybe you don't understand that as we think, well, the world's being taken over. Listen, I can tell you this much, in another, uh, outside of Western culture, the gospel of Jesus Christ is spread, spreading rapidly. Over, over across the world, over in other nations, over across the sea, it's spreading like wildfire. Why? Because these people, for some reason, on the inside of them believe that they were made for the wild. They believe that, that, that persecution, that it doesn't matter, that they're going to preach the word everywhere they go. The church in underground China, they have one Bible. They might be under, underground and they have one piece of the Bible and they read it. They might have one Bible. They read it and they tear off the pages and they pass it to another underground church. And they move it around and they share the scripture underneath and there's hundreds of thousands of people that are saying yes to Christ. There, there, is, there is a revival breaking out. Africa is seeing revival and people, miracles, signs and wonders. People's coming to Jesus like crazy across the planet. The only place it's not working is where we live. We, we're in pre unprecedented times because the next generation that's on the rise, one and a half percent of the next generation believe in absolute truth. Believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for them. Believe that Jesus rose from the dead for them and set them free. Why is that? It's because the church in America has become sedimentary. It's become about going to church and not being the church. And it's called about we not realize that we were made for more, we were made for this moment, and we were made for Mondays. The gospel is supposed to spread on Mondays through you, through you as the church. 
If that doesn't bother you, you need to get on your knees before God and say, God, break my heart for my nation. Break my heart for my neighborhood. Break my heart for this region. If that doesn't bother you, that one and a half percent of the next generation is, that means, listen, that means 99.8.9, whatever percentage, percent of the next generation. It's not just that they're gonna lead their country, lead our country, but that there's an eternity that 99.9% of these kids are gonna experience separated from God. If the modern church doesn't quit being modern and start get on their face and believe God to be wild again and get on our face and believe God to do signs, wonders, and miracles in this generation, if we don't start believing it, it's not gonna happen. If we don't stop living in this small mentality, this small thinking, God has called us for moments in this moment Listen, there's moments in that video when I was watching it where it looked like the church was going down. And that's the way it looks. If you read all the statistics, 3,000 churches were started in in, in 2019, but 4,500 closed in America. 3,000 were started, 4,500 closed, closed. There is ministers that are leaving the ministry by the thousands these days. They're walking away from the church. They're walking away from ministry. Churches are closing. Why is this happening? It's because we're in this moment where God is bringing things full circle again. That we're not going to believe, at least under my watch, as your shepherd and as the under-shepherd of Jesus, that we will be a domesticated church. We will be not a church made for Sundays, We will be a church that knows how to live on Mondays and we live with this mentality and I'm done. I'm done pulling you. I'm done trying trying to pull you out of domestication. The only thing that's gonna pull you out of the domestication is the same thing that pulled the disciples out of it. Acts chapter two, they were all in one accord, in one place, in a prayer meeting. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fell and tongues of fire fell upon them. They all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and went out and did miracles. Well, Pastor, I don't know, I don't know. That doesn't really touch my uh, theological or my knowledge of God's Word. That's your problem. You are God in your own life. And God is saying, would you please go to the place of prayer where I want to disrupt you and I want to fill you and then I want to send you. If you're going to be ever be undomesticated and you're going to ever pull out of this and the church of Jesus Christ is ever going to get wild again, and adventurous and pray for people and believe for big things and get out of our own boat and get out of our own mentality, we're gonna have to get back to good old fashioned, grabbing the altar in our bedrooms and saying, God, send revival. God, send awakening. Joel chapter two, in my generation, I'm made for this moment. I'm made for more and I'm made for Monday. I'm made for this. There has to be this purpose driving on the inside of us. Listen, we are in a, we are, it, it looks like in this moment that it, it's bleak in America. I only share those stats with you to let you see that it looks bleak. But in that video, if you noticed it, it looked bleak. There was times where Christianity was slow, but then God. And I honestly believe that when I was studying for this series and studying for this moment and studying for this message, that we are in a then God moment. 
we, we are in a, a then God moves a moment. We, we are in a moment where the church is coming out of domestication. We're in a moment where it's like, Holy Spirit, I got this tension on the inside of me. I see the world, I see the church, and I see the gap between Acts and this, and God, what is it that, that builds this gap and creates us back for the wilds? So we're, we're not relying up upon the human opinion of man any longer, but now we're moving into the, the, the plan and the purposes of God for our life. We realize we're made for more and made for this moment. See, there's a group of people that you can trace back to every move of God that it begin when they begin to pray. When a church begins to pray and then a, a church begins to obey, God begins to move. I believe we are in a then God moves moment. I believe as we saw in the video, there was times where it was bleak and it looked like God wasn't moving, but then God moved in. That because there was a group of people Man, I don't know how to pull you out of selfishness, to be honest with you. I don't know how to pull you out of your own mentality and your own agenda and your de definition of what success is. Can I tell you this? Everything you build in the natural one day when we're seeing you at your funeral, that will not be the accolades that anybody will read about your life. It will be the people that you made a difference in their life in the moment that you live. It will be those people that will walk by your casket and go, he wasn't scared to tell me how much Jesus actually loves me. He wasn't nervous about living in this society of lukewarmness. He was willing to share how good God was with me. See, I believe we're living in that then God moves moment. I believe we can't stop it. I believe the world can't stop it. And I know the devil can't stop it. And I know right now that God's, listen, when I, when I do series, I don't just do series, I don't just do this. I don't just sit down and go, what's a great idea? When I'm doing something, everything that I try to share with you is something prophetically that the Lord is saying. I wrap it differently, but something prophetically that the Lord is saying. What, what God is saying right now in this moment, and what he's saying in this moment is wake up. You were born for more. You were made for more. You were made for this moment. You were made to spread the gospel on Mondays. And then as you do that, that God is going to move, that he's calling us back to the place of prayer. He's calling us back to the place of intercession. He's calling us back to the place of devotion. So this morning, the Lord asked me to pray for the church today. If you're in this place and you've been domesticated, you've become domesticated, you've stopped taking risks, you're believing the lie of the devil, and you've laid down your dominion and you become domesticated, I'm supposed to pray for you this morning. So if that's you, I want you to stand where you're at. Right now, just stand up. If that's you, you say, I became, I have become domesticated in my walk with God. I don't know that I'm made for more. I don't know that I'm, I'm made for this moment. I don't understand that, that I was made for Mondays, that I've allowed myself to, to take my cues from culture. And I'm supposed to pray for the church this morning pray for you this morning. If you're watching online today and you say, that's you, man. Maybe you become domesticated. Maybe you just sit around and watch online church when you want to. When it's convenient for your week. 
maybe, maybe, maybe that's the extent of your Christianity is watching a church service online. You're living below God's intended purpose for your life. Maybe you become domesticated, you've stopped taking risks. If that's you, just put the hand raise in the comments or hit the, hit the button, but I wanna pray for you today. All of you that are standing, just close your eyes right where you are. I wanna pray a prayer over you. And I trust today the Lord's gonna move in your life. As we return back to the place of prayer, see prayer is the birthing chamber for all passion and pursuit when it comes to your relationship with God. And when you go into the place of prayer, God puts something in your heart. God puts something in your spirit that ignites something on the inside of you that creates this passion and it's in that place that you identify who you are, that you, you, that you understand that you were made for more, that you were made for this moment. Stop settling for domestication in the church. Get back to understanding you were born to be wild. You were born to live in this wild moment with the Holy Spirit and to move in the things of God in the earth today. So Father, I pray today for your church, those that are standing this morning. I ask Holy Spirit today that you, God, would do a great work, that if they've become domesticated or they've stopped taking risk or they've been believing the lie of the enemy and they've traded comfort for calling or calling for comfort and they've laid down their dominion and who, they, who you've called them to be, or maybe they're so messed up in their own mess that they don't realize they were made for more, that they were made for this moment. I pray today, God, that you would move our eyes off of ourselves. I pray today, God, you would, you would, you would do something that, that, that's, that you said in the epistles, that, 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 that God, we came, that, that, that the reason you came was to serve humanity. God, I ask that you would get our eyes off of us and help us to decrease so you can increase in the earth. Today, Lord, I'm asking that you would make your church wild again, that you would make us, that you would pull us out of, by the Holy Spirit, this domestication, this believing of a lie. In the name of Jesus today, Lord, we ask for, for outbreak and breakthrough in their lives. We ask today, Lord, that you would use them. And I pray that when they get up tomorrow, they'll sense a very difference about their heart and about their mind, that they will know they were made for the moment and made for the moment and made for the mission and made for the more and made for the Monday. And that today, God, that you would break off lethargic living, uh, you would break off sedimentary mentalities in the name of Jesus, that you would break off the things that have had held them captive today and I ask for a release of God, the Acts 2 moment, that God, you would fill them with the Holy Spirit today. Fill them to overflowing today. In the name of Jesus. I pray for the church that we would embrace this then God moment. That as you begin to move, that we would embrace what you're doing, that that then God moment, that you move, that God, we, we grab a hold of this then God moment in the name of Jesus. And I know you, we can't stop it. The world can't stop and the devil can't stop it. And so today, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.